Last week we uh, had a kids' church takeover, and uh, Rich helped us to focus on a blind man, which he called Bart, from Bethsaida in Mark's Gospel, who Jesus took by the hand and led out of the village. He then spat on his eyes and touched him until he could see. This morning I want us to look again at another Gospel account of uh, another guy who was blind, who receives his sight. And uh, so we're going to look at Luke chapter 18. So if you've got a Bible and you turn to Luke chapter 18, verses 31 to 43. Luke 18, 31 to 43. It's entitled, A Blind Beggar Receives His Sight. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what's happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. There's um, a number of accounts in, or similar accounts of this event in, the, in both the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. Matthew chapter 20, 29 to 34, and Mark chapter 10, 46 52. All three give slightly different versions of the same event. A bit like the building of a picture of evidence that the police would get if they were obtaining witness statements from people that had seen a crime. Each one would give a slightly different version of the same account that they witnessed. Luke tells us that this happened on the way to Jericho while Matthew and Mark both say it was while Jesus was leaving Jericho. Matthew tells us that it was two blind men that were healed. This mixture and similarities both point towards this being the same event. Mark tells us the blind man was named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Anybody know the meaning of Bartimaeus? Well, Rich gave us a bit of a clue last week. He said that uh, the word bar means son, like Beth means daughter of. Bar means son of. Bartimaeus means son of uncleanness. Son of uncleanness. Can you imagine having a name like that? Son of uncleanness. It adds insult to injury, doesn't it? 
He's already blind, and yet he's been labelled son of uncleanness. I wonder why he was given that name. Perhaps his parents were regarded as lawbreakers, outcasts, unclean, and therefore the blindness in their son confirmed God's judgment on them. In Luke's account, the blind man is not named, but he's given a job title, blind beggar. Just those two words enable us to visualise very quickly not only his disability, but also his employment status. He is without a job. He is unemployable without his vision. Both his condition and his position in society make him an outcast, unwanted, not needed, and alone. And it's not long before we get a glimpse at how people like him are looked down on by those in positions of leadership. Two things we do know about our blind beggar is that he has no problems with his ears or with his mouth. They, are, they work perfectly well. He's probably got really super hypersensitive hearing in his ears. It says that it enables him to hear people moving past him. There's an air of excitement as the noisy, vibrant crowd approaches and begins to go by. And he asks, what's happening? This is different. This is unusual. I've not heard this amount of commotion before. What's going on? And people either in the crowd who could be bothered to speak to him or perhaps other beggars he's sitting with who with him who can see, tell him that it's Jesus of Nazareth passing by. And here, right before this blind beggar, is a window of opportunity. He has no time to ponder or procrastinate, no time to sit on the fence. He has obviously heard of this Jesus has been told of his miraculous power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, even open the eyes of the blind. Jesus hadn't come to town. He was passing by. There was not a moment to lose for this blind beggar. It was now or never for Bartimaeus. He couldn't bear the thought of Jesus passing him by and so he seizes the moment verse 38 says he called out Jesus son of David have mercy on me the thing is he's been told that it's Jesus of Nazareth passing by nobody told him it was the son of David he was told it's Jesus of Nazareth is passing by but he chooses to address Jesus not by the village where he comes from but who his father is. Not Joseph, but David. Son of King, King David. Bartimaeus knows that the Messiah would be descended from Israel's royal line. Son of David is like saying, son of the king. I wonder if he'd memorised Psalm 132. Psalm 132 verse 11 says this, the Lord swore on oath to David as 
a sure oath that he will not revoke. Sorry, I've read that wrong. The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath that he will not revoke. One of your descendants I will place on your throne. And then verse 17, here I will make a horn or strong one grow for David and set up a lamp for my anointed one. Even Matthew, the first chapter of Matthew, verse 1, it calls Jesus the son of David. Just before Matthew sets out Jesus' royal line, the son of David. And included in this shout to the king's son is a request for mercy. The son of uncleanness calls out to the son of righteousness. And he's not asking for new retinas. He's asking for restoration, cleansing, acceptance, for freedom. Mercy to this blind beggar is for the stigmatism to cease. Perhaps he's endured it all his life. Mercy for him is to be identified, valued and loved as a son. Full stop. Not son of uncleanness, but son. Have mercy on me. This is him calling out for forgiveness. To be released from the curse that he's endured since childhood. Is that not our call? For God not to judge us or to condemn us or to pass us by. And God hears that call. Unfortunately, the voices of the cynics tries to silence him. It says, verse 39, those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Isn't that a terrible picture of people who want to silence the needy, the vulnerable, the poor? It says, leaders of the Jesus movement, the enthusiastic, the upbeat, the we're on a mission crowd, tell him off and tell him to shut up. Be quiet, no eyes. Wind your neck in, nobody. Go and get a job if you can find one. And probably more offensive words than I can repeat here. How easy is it for leaders to write people off? To look at them and go, nah. And that's what happens here. How do we treat those who are less fortunate than us? Let's not write people off. But is he put off? Is he offended? Does he remain silent? No. His call becomes a shout. The volume goes up. He has no problem with his mouth. Even though his eyes don't work, his, voice, his vocal cords work perfectly well. And those who tower above him are not going to rob him of this moment. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. What a heart cry. Is this not the shout and prayer of every sinner who knows their need of forgiveness and mercy? Available only through Jesus. Jesus, the Son of David.
his cry begins by identifying and addressing the merciful one, begging for mercy rather than for money. His shout is for Jesus to take pity on him, to show him some kindness. And he is persistent. He's not giving up. He doesn't care who hears him, and he will not be contained or silenced by those who think they know better. He shouts all the more. So easy, isn't it, to give up? So easy to be put off or distracted or be told to be quiet. He shouts all the more. I like that. He's persistent. He's not going to miss his opportunity. His request and shout to Jesus, son of David, is for him to be shown pity and for an act of kindness to help meet his need. Verse 40 says this, Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. So Jesus is on his way to Jericho. That's what Luke tells us. Jesus is on a mission. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And yet he will stop for the one. He's prepared to be interrupted. The the people at the front leading the way don't want to be distracted. they're, they're, They're going for it. They're going for it. They're on it. But Jesus is willing to stop. He stopped for you when you called out to him. He gave you his full attention. See, Jesus is not able to resist these bellowing calls that rang out over the marching crowd. Jesus of Nazareth, son of God, God in the flesh, is not able to ignore this beggar's demands for mercy and compassion. Jesus says, bring him to me. Mark's gospel tells us that Jesus stopped and said, call him. And that Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And that I like, that's okay. But I like, I like Luke's account. Because Luke's account, where Jesus says, bring him to me, requires others to get alongside him. Others to help him up. And to direct him towards Jesus. People taking hold of his arms and bringing him face to face with the one who is able to grant him his request for mercy. With eyes unable to see who stands in front of him, I can imagine him lifting his face towards the one that Hebrews 1 verse 3 tells us is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being face to face with God you can imagine Bartimaeus looking up into Jesus's eyes without being able to see but can sense who's in front of him people bring Jesus people bring people to Jesus I love that image because that's our role isn't it to bring people to Jesus those who can't see those who are poor and injured and perhaps begging for mercy, not knowing what to do. They need others to help them to find Jesus. Verse 41, um, we'll read this question. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And this wasn't a snappy, what do you want me to do for you? Sorry, I didn't want to disturb you. 
I don't think the question was put like that. It wasn't a, you're interrupting my day, what do you want me to do for you? This was a compassionate, what do you want me to do for you? There's a difference, isn't there? The funny thing is, Jesus already knows what he wants. Because he knows man's heart, doesn't he? Sorry to disturb you. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? You've begged for mercy. And I heard that. But what does mercy look like for you? What do you want me to do for you? I wonder how you would answer that question this morning. If Jesus was here, he is here, but if he's asking you this morning, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that question to Jesus this morning? What do you want Jesus to do for you. So this is an up close and personal moment. Even though they're surrounded by the crowds, we hear Bartimaeus's deepest desire. Lord, I want to see, he replied. Open my eyes. Heal me from this darkness. Take away my shame. Set me free. He doesn't beg. He responds first off by calling Jesus Lord. So he could have just said, I want to see. That would have been, that would have been enough to answer the question, what do you want me to do for you? I want to see. He doesn't do that. He says, Lord, I want to see. And the significance in that, that word Lord that, he, that we use so often without thinking of its significance. See, when, G, when Bartimaeus addresses Jesus as Lord, he's not using the word Lord as a slave would address a master, even though the word Lord means master. We've had people before that, that use the word master when they pray instead of the word Lord. Because that's, that's their a cultural thing. They, they, they address Jesus as their master. And, and that's right and that's proper. But Bartimaeus here is using the Hebrew word for Lord, which is Yahweh. Yahweh is the, the proper name for God in the Old Testament. So he's basically saying, God, I want to see. Can you, can you see the difference? God, I want to see. Right on that road, that dusty road, with that crowd around them, he's calling Jesus God. He's saying, God, I want to see. And you can see right into his heart the faith that is beginning to grow as Jesus is, uh, as he's brought to Jesus. Without seeing, Bartimaeus knows that he is standing before God who has come to his begging patch as a man God incarnate God in the flesh you know we've quoted this verse time and again Hebrews 11 verse 1 now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see you know you can apply that to Bartimaeus can't you 
Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. He hoped, he somehow knew in his heart that Jesus had the power to heal. Even though he couldn't see, his faith was being exercised in that moment. He can't see, but he's confident in the Messiah's power to open his eyes. We're coming near to the end. It won't be long. What's the one thing you can't see right now and yet you are confident that God can change, heal, provide for, you fill the gap? What's the one thing you can't see right now and yet you're confident God is able to change it? Lord, I want a new home. Lord, I want to walk. Lord, I want a less stressful life. Lord, I want a breakthrough. Lord, I want a new job. Let's bring our requests to God this morning. Let's address him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And here comes one of those all of a sudden moments we often read about in the New Testament. Verse 42, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Not somebody else's faith. Not my faith. Your faith has healed you. We see that phrase so often throughout the Gospels. Jesus seems to use it so many times. Your faith has made you well or your faith has healed you. He said it to the, the lady that, that, that took hold of the edge of his garment. Your, go in peace, your faith has healed you. He, he's used it for lame people. Your faith has healed you. Jesus looks at the heart and he's looking for faith. He's looking to see if there's Something that says, yeah, I believe God can do this. Something that he can tap into to to bring change. Taking God at his word, believing that he can do the impossible, persisting in asking for his divine intervention. Your faith, not somebody else's, your faith has healed you. What do you have faith for today that would make you call out to Jesus for mercy. And we see an immediate miracle. No spit or mud or washing or touching. Jesus just says it. He just says, have it. Receive it. It's yours. Receive your sight. And it says, verse 43, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. Jesus didn't touch him, according to this chapter. Didn't ask him to do anything. Somehow, from him calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, to being told to be quiet, to, be, to being brought to Jesus, somehow along that line, faith arose. And Jesus was able to respond to it. He saw it and was able to heal that man. 
Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. He goes from being a blind beggar to a follower of Jesus. Once he was blind, but now he can see. He doesn't only go from being a follower of Jesus, he becomes a worship leader. Did you see it in that? (coughs) Immediately he received his sight, he could see, he followed Jesus, became a worshipper. He says he praised God when all the people saw it. They also praised God. He became a worship leader. Wonderful. Praise and worship on the road to Jericho. I'm just going to ask you to stand this morning. I'm just going to ask you to stand and uh, I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to stand in front of Jesus, just like blind Bartimaeus. There may be something that you're facing, something you are struggling with, a situation that you need changing, something you need help with. And uh, we're just going to stand and we're going to call out to Jesus this morning. Jesus, son of David, son of God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus, you know what we are facing, each one of us. You know what we're going through. You know uh, what has happened to us. You know how we are afflicted. You know everything about us. And you know the deepest desires of our heart. Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see you afresh today. Jesus would want to say to you this morning, what do you want me to do for you? And he's willing, and he's ready, and he is able to do the impossible. Perhaps the the thing you, you can't even begin to imagine, he's able to do it. He's able to change it. It doesn't have to be a permanent situation. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning asking calling out to you, praying for you to bring change, to bring breakthrough, to bring healing, to open the eyes of the blind and to bring uh, change to the situations that we face that need changing. And I want to pray, Lord, that there would be a, a praising God moment right at the moment of victory, the moment of triumph. There would be leaping and dancing and joyful song, Lord, as we worship and praise you. And Lord, as that leaks out, others would join us in that, uh, in that devotion of worship to you. And so, Lord, would you, would you answer us today as we call out to you? Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on us in your wonderful name.